0: I always like to um, and enjoy worshiping our Lord at the English of our service. Let me tell you at least one reason, okay? Because I get to, well, I get to worship with young people here. So the average age eh, is lower, okay? (laughs) But of course, eh, by our presence, sorry, the average age eh, has increased. (laughs) So I'm really thankful that I'm able to do that. Well, for the past several weeks, Pastor Bruce and Pastor Brianna have been uh, preaching on the Ten Commandments, and I believe that they would have, or you would know that, the greatest commandment is to love God, okay? So I think this is so important, you and I know that, but it is important to get to know the Ten Commandments, exactly what God expected of us. And of course, by ourselves, we are not able to fulfill all these Ten Commandments. But because of God's love, one thing that you remember is to love God. And that is the greatest commandment and above everything else. So when we talk about love, what is love? I kind of went into uh, the internet And then dig out eh, this about diagram in there, types of love, different types of loves. Of course, a compassionate and uh, friendship, companionate, infatuation. Do you know what infatuations mean? Well, I dig out the dictionary and find out what it means, which means that you just think that you like someone, but the other side do not know. Okay, so that is infatuation. So probably, well, maybe just like the time that in high school time, when I see my well, existing wife, I really love her. But she didn't know that I love her. I like her. So without her knowing that, that is infatuations. Okay, so probably many of you might have experienced that. So the other thing is, of, co- of course, is compassionate. And then, there is another one, unrequited. What does that mean, okay? No reward, no return. You love someone, but he or she may not return the same love towards you. This is what it means by unrequited. But of course, every one of us needs love, to be loved, and we need to love others as well, because... Our God, our Lord, created you and I as emotional beings. Yes, we are human beings. We have our physical beings, emotional beings, and spiritual beings. So every one of us need to be loved, and we love someone. So that is our emotion. And of course, when we talk about, when I talk about physical being, we are talking about closeness. And I know that in this world, as you grow up, you'll hear a lot of all this physical love, okay? or maybe sexual love, or being together, touching each other. That is the physical type of love. And of course, eh, while well, you and I know that, as we grow up in the Western world, in this kind of society, it seems that, eh, that that is kind of raised up to a very really high, high level closeness but no matter what it is all about relationship without any relationship we do not have that feel emotions not to mention about closeness now all of this are created by God I want to say that okay brothers and sisters and then this website very well mine in fact it is a psychology Psychiatrists' website, this is what they define what love is, okay? This is what they say, love is a set of emotion and behavior characterized by intimacy, closeness, passion, and commitment. It involves care, closeness, protectiveness, attraction, affection, and trust. Now, this is what we understand, at least, hey, to put a definitions on love. But if you kind of look it closer, it doesn't mention anything about God, about the divine love. Now, this is a good definition from the human being level. But you and I know that without God, without God in our life, in this definition, this is not a complete definition. I chose this passage, John 3.16. You know, I intend to preach on this one single verse three times, (laughs) God willing. (laughs) So that's why today I only preach about the first, for God so loved the world. I want to let you know, in Africa, there are many John 3.16 preachers, which mean that they only preach on one verse, no matter where they go, they always preach the same verse. And then, you and I know that this verse, John 3.16, it is so full. It is so full that, in fact, you can preach, you can share almost every day. So, I, only, I will only preach it three times. So the vessel will be okay. God willing, the next time when I come here, I will choose the same passage. <laughs> but today, I'm going to concentrate talking about God's love, okay? Our sermon outline is, first of all, I would share about what is the characteristic of God's love, and then how should we respond to God's love, okay? So this is what I intend to do today. Let us pray and continue to prepare our hearts to hear God's message again, okay? Heavenly Father, we praise you. Pray that your spirit, the spirit of our living God, spirit of our Lord Jesus Christ continue to fill us up, empower the one standing up here to share your message and help all of us to hear your voice so that we will respond to your your word. Thank you Lord. Thank you for your great love, abundant life love. Our love is beyond our imagination and thank you. And we pray in the mighty name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Now, first of all, the first characteristic of God's love is eternal. God's love is eternal. Why? You and I know that. Because God is eternal. And the scripture clearly stated that, said that God is love. Because God is eternal, his love is, of course, is eternal. We know that we believe, you and I believe in God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. What we call is a theological term, Trinity. One God, but three in one. And then God the Father, the Son, and the Spirit, they share the perfect love. That is the perfect love. This love existed before time exists, and it's in ex- it continued to exist until eternity. So, God's love is eternal. And thirdly, God's love is everlasting. Okay, another way to talk about, to share that God's love is eternal. And of course, God's love is perfect within the Holy Trinity, and at the same time, they outflow of this love towards you and I, God's chosen people. Now, this is what the word of God, this is what God has said to his chosen people, Israelis. This is what he said. I have loved you with an everlasting love. I have drawn you with unfailing kindness. Now, when we read, study this scripture, God kind of help us to understand God's love is not only everlasting, but God's love is expressed in terms of His kindness, unfailing kindness. This is a kind of a parallel, comparison. God's love is eternal, everlasting, and His kindness is unfailing. Later on, I'm going to share about that. Now, that is... We conclude that God's love is eternal, everlasting. This is one of the very important characteristics of God's love, or we call that as divine love. Unlike human being, humankind, I said that I love you. Maybe to your wife, to your girlfriend, whenever there is conflict, deep inside you might be very, very angry at the other side. Maybe at that very really tiny moment, you might wonder, how can I love this man? How can I love this woman? I don't know whether you have that thought. To be honest, I admit, sometimes I have that. But by God's grace, my wife never counts on that. <laughs> so I want to share that with you. Humankind, the love from human being even though we like to see is everlasting, but in reality, it is not. It is all depending on your emotion. If you feel love, if you feel good, wow, we are in very good relationship. If you do not feel that, I don't have any feel. Then it seems that the love that you have for that particular person is so far away. Second characteristic, God's love is covenant, <laughs> covenantal, okay? Covenant, covenantal. God's love is covenantal. What is a covenant? A covenant is just like a contract. A contract is between two human beings. But when a contract is done between God, the supreme being, and human being, We call that as a covenant. Understand that, okay? God do not need to enter into any agreement with his subjects, with his created subjects, human being. Never. Just like, let's say, inside your pockets, you might have a $10 bill, a $100 bill. That $100 bill cannot argue that I have my own rights. Because you own that $100 bill, you have all the rights to use however you want, whenever you want. Just like our Creator God, He has already created you and I. He has the full authority in your life and in my lives. But God, out of His love, He entered, He initiated that covenant. Okay? Of course, the covenant is so clear Today, I'm not going to preach about that. That is in Genesis 12, 1-3. He made the covenant with Abraham. I love you. And then, I love you. And then, I would care about you. I will show mercy on you. I will bless you. But in return, you will respond to my life, my love. You. You. And your subjects and your descendants will love me and will obey my commandment. Now, this is what in Exodus has already said. Now, this is a covenant, covenantal love. Now, you and I have been chosen by God. We have our commitment. Now, based on this covenant, God has already initiated this covenant between Himself And you and I, as chosen people, what is our commitment to Him? Our commitment to Him is to love Him and is to obey His command. Obey His commandment. Now, then you understand why Pastor Bruce, why Pastor Brianna have been preaching the Ten Commandments. So that you and I clearly understand what God requires of us. You know, God is so good. Let's be frank. Ten commandments, no one can fulfill all those ten commandments. But it doesn't mean that we should not strive to obey God's commandment. God is so good. Even though he knows that we might fail, we may not be able to observe all the ten commandments. But... When we have the heart, when we do the very one thing, love God, and then continue to do the very best to obey, to follow His commandment, God will basically say that, okay, this is okay. This is okay. I'm not going to chase after you. I'm not going to keep a count about you. Now, this is the reason why we learn, we study the Ten Commandments. By God's grace, I always say that God loved the whole world. But God especially loved myself and my wife. And God loved us as I feel. That's my emotion, my feeling. I always feel that God loves me the most. Ace? My family doctor, I always say that. God loved me most. And I believe that. God loves you too, but God loves me more. <laughs> this is okay. You can do the same thing too, okay? We do, not com- we, co- we do not need to compare with other people. But the most important thing is you feel that you feel, you experience God's love. This is okay if you feel that God loves you most, okay? So, The third characteristic of God's love is, of course, He is holy and He is just. Humankind, human being, just talk about emotion. I feel love. I love you. Even though you are bad, even though you have done something bad, then this is okay. Now, to accept a sinner doesn't mean that you accept his or her sins. Two different things. But because God is holy, God is just, He doesn't allow any impurity. He doesn't allow any injustice within us, within the humankind. So, that's why now, when you watch movies, you might look at, oh, well, maybe a triad society, underground world, they have so much love towards the whole family member. And then, they love their own family member, but because of certain family member was ill-treated by another gang member, by another gang family, then they will raise up, rise up, and then try to revenge, try to kill the other side, or try to hurt the other side. Okay? Now, we are talking about unjust, unholy things. God's love, God will not do that kind of things. Just like you and I, we are His followers. We cannot, say, use that kind of things. You doing unjust, unholy way to try to take revenge. God's love is holy and just. Psalm 106 45. For their sake, for the sinful human beings' sake, God remember his covenant. And out of his great love he relented. Now, the English word relented is very good because I've been reading the Chinese Bible. The Chinese translation translates this word, Greek word relent, it was translated to regret. Relent doesn't mean regrets. You understand what I mean? Regret is, oh, I shouldn't have done that. Oh, well, I have done things bad. Now I'm changed. I get better. Regrets. So, no. So, the English Bible, English translation is much better. So, you might ask, what is relent? What is relent? What is relent as a verb? Relent really means to show Mercy to show forgiveness and to be lenient. Remember, when you were young, your parents tried to teach you many lessons, but you continue to do things bad things. And then your parents will continue to try to teach you up to a point he or she might discipline you. I have done many times, say to Ryan, and Sharon, <laughs> you can ask him about that, okay? <laughs> well he's not. But at the same time, when I when I was about to discipline him, in fact, I always calm down. I would not pour out my anger towards him. I would calm down. Well, I have to say, most of the time, okay. <laughs> at time, I did blow my top, okay. <laughs> but most of the time I try to calm down and then when I discipline him, I try to show mercy, try to show forgiveness and lenient towards him. Now, this is what we mean by relent. This is what, on one hand, God's love is holy and just, but on the other hand, he is merciful and he is love. Now, how can we or how can he balance this special characteristic, or I call that as God's attributes? God has so many wonderful attributes. He is love, but at the same time, He is holy and just. Now, this is why the gospel exists. Oh, first of all, we need to say that. God's love is holy and just. He shows mercy. He's so grace. He is so gracious to every single human being. Whether they are followers of Christ or whether they do not know Christ yet. God's mercy, God's grace is so abundant. Romans 5:8. It says that God demonstrates his own love for us. Oh, sorry. Matthew 5.45, he causes his son to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. These are all what we call as common grace. Before I became a Christian, I have already experienced this, all this common grace. But in the past, I didn't recognize that. But I continue, I continue to think that all this are good things. I just enjoy life. But after I come to saving grace, get to the knowledge, get to build the personal relationship with Jesus Christ, then I began, I began to understand God's grace is so great. Brothers and sisters, if God show that common grace to all people, you and I should follow the same routes. So we should not and we cannot just be selective by loving other people, show grace to other people. Yes, of course, for those who you really love, you show more grace to them. But that will be common courtesy, common grace that we can extend to other, to our fellow human beings too. Now, this is the third characteristics of God's love. Now, we'll continue to look at what is the holy, well, God's holiness and justice. Psalm 106, 4 and 5. For their sake he remember his covenant. Oh. I, kind of, well, I, I quoted this earlier on, okay? He remember his covenant. But at the same time, how to kind of well, compromise, how to bring God's love on one hand and God's holiness and just on the other hand, how to bring them together, reconcile this? The gospel. Because Jesus died on the cross in your stead, in my stead, for the whole humankind. The question is whether we are willing to accept His salvation, whether we we are willing to accept His love and His holiness and His justice. The cross kind of our men that bridge that gap. So because of that, God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Now, God's love, God's holiness, God's justice, it is perfect, perfect in perfect harmony because of the gospel, because of the completed work of our Lord Jesus Christ on the cross. The next one, The fourth major characteristic of God's love is God's love is lavish. Beyond our imaginations. Beyond our imaginations. This is what Exodus 34, 6-7. This is what it says: The Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness, maintaining love to thousands, and forgiving wickedness, rebellion, and sins. Now, after I have already explained the, third, the first three characteristics of God's love, then when we come to here, then we can fully under, understand this verse in Exodus. I want to share with you a story, a real story. William Christie, he was uh, one of the very first, let me see, okay, oh sorry, uh. William Christie, he was regarded as the apostle to Tibet. You know where Tibet is in China, okay? Shortly after CMMA was formed in the 1888, William Christie was sent out by the Alliance at that time to China, and then he served the people in the northwestern region in China, in the Tibetan area. I have to say, as we speak, probably you might know, there are still some co-workers, IW, are actively serving in that part of the world. William Christie not only reached out to Tibetans, he reached out to Muslims. And reach out to Chinese as well. Because all of them, all three major groups, they lived in the northwestern part of China at that time. And then in one location, the name of that is Shong in the PPT. There was a mission station set up. That day, William Carey was preaching just like I was preaching in here in the chapel, in that mission station. And then outside on the street, there was a beggar, a poor beggar. He was known as a thief because he was a poor beggar, a Chinese beggar. Now you and I, well, (laughs) not you and I, just me anyway. I don't have much hair. (laughs) for beggars, they have a lot of hairs. They don't groom their hairs. So their hair was just like mats, okay, and of course they are a lot of little friends they live inside there. So the beggars, known thief in that region, passed by the chapel, and then, basically, while well, he of course he had nothing to eat, he just pick up eh, the kind of all well, the aged, the fermented bread, and then just to eat, and then when he heard about someone was preaching inside the chapel. So he went inside. Of course, the church invites everyone to come, no matter what or who they are. As long as they are willing to come into the church and willing to hear the gospel, they will be served. This beggar, his name is called O-Tang. Lao tang okay? If you know Cantonese, (laughs) Lao tang O-Tang old folk tank, okay, <laughs> old Tang, he was listening at the entrance and then he became very interested because that day William Carey was preaching the love of God. So William Carey was preaching, oh, how wide, how deep the love of God was. And then you can accept at him through Jesus Christ. or oh, he will forgive your sins. Come. William Carey was preaching like that and then that really attracted Old Tan. Old Tan kind of well, step one step forward, another step, and then he came to the front of the pulpit, standing right in front of William Carey. And William Carey stopped. Old Tan just asked, You said that God loved everyone, even including me? I'm a beggar, I'm a thief, I am this kind of person. God still love me? What did William Carey said? If you were William Carey, what would you say? What would you do? Of course, William Carey said, of course, this is the word of God. And then William Carey went on and then hugged this dirty, smelly beggar, loved him. He said, this is God's love, so immense. You know, Old Tan. From that day onward, his life was totally changed. Of course, eh, While William Carey and the co-workers in that mission station washed Old Tan up, helped him to cut his long hair, gave him very good towel, garments, and of course, at the same time, observed whether he leave his. Dirt, well, his his about well, his sinful life, do not steal anymore. He watch and watch and up to a point, the station, the co-workers. I believe William Carey suggested that. Okay, why don't we invite a Old Tang to work as a gatekeeper for us? <laughs> as a groundkeeper, I know that in Africa. Uh, you would uh, well, invite eh? you would uh, well, hire some watchman to help you. Same thing in the old days in Tibetans. So they hire him, old Tang, as a groundkeeper. keeper. So he worked and then he'll continue to be kind of all well, the people continue to observe him, whether he continued to live his whole life and new again. And indeed, Old Ten's life has been changed 180 degrees. You know, at one point. Because they were about eh, to build a church building. So they need to send someone to the city treasurer, the one who keep the money, go to the city treasurer to get cash. When I say cash, in the old days, they get the silver, silver coin. You know what? William Carey sent Old Tang to the city treasurer to get those silver coins. You know, a lot of people didn't know Old Tang has been changed. All of them thought that, know the Old Tang, he was a thief, he was a beggar. If you ask him to go to that city treasurer to get the silver coin, he would not come back. Probably some of us might have that kind of thinking as well. So he was sent out and then he walked back from the city treasure. Everyone thought that he might steal again. He did not. He returned the full amount. Praise our Lord. You see, this is the power of God's love. This is the power of, well, God relents, okay? God relented, gave us the second chance. Same thing, William Carey, as a good IW would do, gave a second chance. Share God's love with O-Tang. I'm really thankful. I'm really thankful they turned out that way. And you know what? From that onward, O-Tang continued to serve in the church. And then later on, they learned, he learned so much, and then he shared the gospel with other people as well. He become a very faithful Christian worker. So this is gospel. This is about well, this is God's love. First John three one. See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. No matter who you were before you came to Christ. God have already accepted you. You become a child of God. A child of God, our God, is the Lord of laws. He is our Lord. He is our Savior. We have that treasure. We have that special, special, Kind of our background, we become a child of God. So in effect, you and I become prince and princesses. Isn't that wonderful? Amazing. Tell your wife or husband, tell your friend besides sitting beside you, you are a prince, you are a princess. You are a prince, okay? <laughs> you are a prince. You are a prince. Come go on, go ahead, okay? Get your eyesight, eh? Even though you may say things, you just say that you are a prince, you are a princess. You are loved by God. So how should we respond to God's love? Three things. Accept God's love. In a way, accept the gospel. Accept Jesus Christ. Follow Jesus Christ. Thirdly, love God and experience Him. As we love God, like I said, love is always a two-way traffic. As you love God, you will experience His love in a deeper, new way, brothers and sisters. If you love another person, He will or she will return the same kind of love towards you, and then you will experience this godly love. Now, for some of you, you might have taken some marriage seminar. Maybe some of you have read this book, The Five Languages of Love by Gary Chapman. Basically, talk about as human beings, we always express our love in five ways, okay? Of course, eh, there are hearings, eh, the the word of affirmation. Second, spend quality time with your loved one. Third, receiving gifts is a way to express your love for another person. And then acts of service. Wow, I really love my parents. So this weekend, I would love to prepare a really delicious meal for my parents. Or maybe I will help my parents to clean up his or her apartment. This is the acts of service. Fifthly, physical touch just like William Carey went down, just like Jesus went down and then hugged this dirty, smelly old thing. This is love. When Jesus healed, healed those sick people, he always have this touch. Touch them. Touching. And of course, if you are really, well, not if you are, okay, as husband and wife, okay, this is another level of love, then we can talk about sexual love. That is the physical love. We all experience that. Now, I have to say that again, especially young people living among us, having sexual relationship before marriage will bring in a lot of heavy burden. But after you get married, and then you enjoy, this is a wonderful gift that God gives you as husband and wife, sexual relationship. Now, this is an expression of love, physical. So, using these five principles that we all understand, how can we respond to God's love? How can we express our love for God? First, Praise and worship. So this is why we encourage you to come, to come and then form this congregation, this community, worship our Lord together. Word of affirmation. As we worship, as A's kind of, our let us in prayer, well, remember all those lyrics. Those lyrics help us to say that word of affirmation as we pray. Devotional and quiet time. At home or maybe at time that you can be alone, spend time alone with God. Alone by yourself with God. Quiet time. Read His Word. Read the book, devotional books. So those are the quiet time that you can do. Quality time. Tithes and offering. You bring gifts to the house of the Lord. It's not that our God is so poor that you need to bring money, financial offering to the church. No, our God owns everything. But God allowed us, give us this opportunity to bring gifts so that we can offer our love to God, tithes and offering. Fourthly, service and obedience serve the Lord and obey His command, obey His guidance. Do you believe that God continues to speak to you through His Holy Spirit? Do you believe that? I do believe that. God continues to speak to you through His Word, through brothers and sisters. Maybe this morning, through me speaking to you, once you hear God's voice, obey and serve. Fifthly, spiritual encounter. I know that a lot of charismatic church, they focus in this. Oh, we have these spiritual experiences. This is good. But this is only one-fifth of that. But this is real. Have spiritual encounter. Signs and vision. You pray and ask for God to intervene, and then you experience His grace and love and then you experience signs and vision in your life, and then your life will no longer be the same. As human beings, as husband and wife, yes, we have that sexual relationship. God created that so that we'll become much, much closer than any other human being. But with God, we don't have that. But we don't have that type of relationship. But we do have this spiritual encounter, signs And wonders God allows us to experience Him firsthand. Now, this morning, this morning, can you help me to advance the next slide? The next slide, thank you. Good. This morning, I shared with you about four characteristics of God's love and then how we should respond. I shared about these five ways. In fact, all of us knows about that, and I want you to remember them. So how should we respond to God's love again? The gospel. Serve God locally and globally. I purposely choose this hope mission picture because this is local. We do know that there is a lot of poor people in there, and I know that english service english congregation you have been encouraging one another to help out the poor this is good do that at the same time not only this poor okay and the sick and the forgotten people group but at the same time there are a lot of international students are living among us brother and sister do you know that last year over 800,000 foreign students have come to Canada and study here. Historical figures: over 800,000 student visas were issued in Canada. Think about that. In fact, God has already bought the whole world. A significant number of these international students—they are from all those least rich people group from Africa from Europe from Asia they are living among us how much our church have done to care for them to love them to reach out to them to share the gospel to them these are the local things have eternal impact and global impact and of course we participate in global mission through the Alliance Canada. You see, right in the middle of this, we have the world map. Praise our Lord, Ace and Cecilia, myself, and Anne. We have been sent out by SIEC. We have served representing SIEC to serve to reach out to the Unreached People Group in Africa, in the Middle East. Yes, now we are back. Yes, we continue to have our heart for those who are lost. We continue to serve not only the lost people in Edmonton, but also the lost people far away. And I empower you. I encourage you. Maybe think about that. Short-term mission trip to go there. If God guides you, you may spend a week, a month, a year, to serve those poor people, whether in Africa, in Middle East, in the Far East, no matter you, where you go. I remember early this year, May, uh, March or May, Joshua and Herman, you were sent out to China through your medical profession and help the poor people over there. And I encourage you, church, those kind of opportunities just not reserved for Josh and Herman. In fact, every one of us have this opportunity. The question is whether you are taking up this challenge. So with that, I close. I end my sermon. But let me pray. I pray for blessings for all of you. Heavenly Father, we praise you. Thank you, Lord that we share this special message. God is love. And thank you, Lord, for you are love. Then we experience your love. And because you are love, you are holy and you are just. You sent your only begotten Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, to die in our stead. So that, so that, through his ministry, through what he has done completed work on the cross that we can mend this broken relationship with you reconcile with god the father the son and the holy spirit father god, i pray that every one of us not only that we experience your abundance love but also we are willing to respond to your call to share your love with those who do not know you yet whether they live in Edmonton or they live in faraway places. We praise you. In the mighty name of our Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.